Greetings, and welcome to Loaded Card Gaming's coverage of E3, the Bethesda edition. Welcome to Bethesda Land. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is E3 coverage time. Bethesda. I'm Paul. He's Dan. Let's do this. What's up, buddy? We've got Bethesda now, I guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bethesda's Bethesda land. This um, was just... So they did actually have, like, a Bethesda land there. Uh, I've seen a... I've seen a a vlog of of a guy who covers a lot of mods for Bethesda games and he went he was at the presentation and everything and they actually had like a big ass Ferris wheel and a couple other weird things there and demos for all their stuff but it it was still for people who weren't there it was just like okay this is this is kind of cheesy and well and it's just kind of capitalizing on that whole Pip boy art style that Interplay yeah. and Black Isle actually made famous. So, um, in fact, the first thing in my notes is, "Oh, hey, Pete Hines is here. Show me some games. I don't want. To, I don't care about your bullshit Bethesda land. I just want to see games." Yeah, those are my actual legit notes, and I'm like, "Okay, that's that's a that's about how I felt when I was watching this." Yeah, I laugh because uh, there there was a song in the beginning when they were introducing Bethesda Land. And yeah. I made a joke while I was listening to it that, like, I'm pretty sure the entire reason they held their press conference that late at night was as an excuse to use the song in the little video because, like, one of the lines in the song was, This night ain't for the faint of heart. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I would surprise you a bit. It's just like they totally just made this. So- well, they also did it so that uh, it probably wouldn't piss people off as much because all the people there were drunk. Because they had like basically an open bar at Bethesda yeah. Land prior to the thing, which I I will link. It's uh this guy MXR. He does uh Skyrim and Fallout Four mods. Uh, yeah. but I'll, I'll link his vlog of the event because it is kind of cool to see the the behind the scenes thing. And he meets up with a bunch of modders and like you know they just kind of hang out and then watch the event and yeah. freak out a little bit because of something we'll talk about in a few minutes. So you mentioned that they might not be pissed off if they're drunk because there's a lot to be pissed off about let's be honest here <laughs> Let, let's let's just delve right in well God. let's talk they didn't dish out much new stuff no they, like that's they, that's the big complaint the, to have is that there's not a lot of stuff they talked about was new but that's it yeah, but the one thing I will give them credit for is what Pete Hines said at the very, very, very end, which was, yes. this is a direct quote, everything you saw tonight will be out in the next year. It will be out in 2017, is what no, he said. He said in the next year. I'm, I'm looking, because I remember him saying this, everything you see here <laughs> will be out in 2017, okay. which I thought was really cool. I don't think, because I thought at least some of the stuff was uh, not ready to go yet, but I could be wrong. It's it's not a huge deal right now. We don't need to look it up. Or Paul, you can look it up. And I can sit here and twiddle my thumbs and ramble and ramble and ramble and ramble and ramble. What is and ramble? Why are you wasting so much time looking it up? Because I wanted to make sure that I was correct. 
because I swear to God, every time I get corrected on shit, and I'm sick of it. I want to make sure. Well, ah. it's me. It's me making the claim, not you. So, I was making the claim that everything was here was it out in 2017. Yeah, but that was you correcting me, not me correcting you. Let's just move on to VR Doom. <laughs> no, Doom VFR. It's just VR Doom. It was it was a very strange video that felt yeah. clunky as hell. So the reason it looks and feels so clunky is it uses the weird what I call leashed VR movement, where like you point you you point your pointer, you click a button, and it teleports you to that new spot. Oh. And then you you move you move by teleporting around from place to place. Like gotcha. The so reason well, the reason they do that is because that is significantly easier on people who get vertigo. It's significantly less nauseating, yeah. Yes. Um, and basically, the idea of this Doom game is that you just shoot, like, monsters charge at you and you shoot them, and then you progress through levels, I'm I'm assuming. Yeah. I, I, that's what it looks like, Doom. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it doesn't have that you know, really frenetic doom pacing from the look of it, other than, you know, just maybe giant demons charging at you. And there are, it's really stylized art too, which was the other thing that made it look really weird. Cause it, like for a minute, it was like, is this doom? Like what, what am I watching right now? And then it like had the words up there and it's like, Oh, okay. I was like, okay with that. It didn't look bad. It just looked, it didn't look like doom four or yeah. Root doom i guess the reboot doom that just came out this year doom 2017 do we want to call it or is it 2016 i think it's 2016 wasn't it either way the, the the most recent doom it it didn't quite look like it but it didn't feel so off that it was like i don't enjoy this yeah so they followed this up by showing off again fallout 4 vr which they announced last year yes and this one is a little more interesting because this one is full open world. It's not leash movement at all. It's right. you're going to have a controller in your hand, not necessarily a mouse and keyboard. Right. And uh, well, I actually, I assume you'll probably just use the, well, maybe not. I would, I would say you would use the Vive controllers, but I'm going to guess you could actually just use like a 360 controller or whatever in your hands. Because I don't think the Vive controllers have like thumbsticks do they there's no thumbsticks on them now i think the ones for the rift do i'd have to check but i think they do have something like that on them none of these games are available for the rift because they oh, hate really? oculus no shit remember they have a giant lawsuit against oculus so none of these games both of these games before they were shown showed a giant vive thing HTC vive mask yeah. spinning around doing oh, yeah. the masturbatory promo that. shots yeah, I don't remember that, but that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, they're, um, neither of them are are going to be compatible with uh, Oculus yet until whatever they, you know, settle with their lawsuit. Settled or one. Uh, I do. I will say that I loved the rendition of Mr. Sandman, and I'm sorry, but fighting a Deathclaw in VR can go fuck itself. That's not happening with me. I just don't want to do that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it could be cool. The it also, it the thing that bugs me and it's kind of kind of the same uh with something we'll talk about here in a minute with uh you know the skyrim for switch that comes yeah. a little bit later is like 
why are you guys just doing the same goddamn game over and over again? Quit making me buy the same game over and over again. Because Fallout 4 VR is not going to be no. like DLC for Fallout 4. It's not going to be... It's literally going you know, to be anything. Like, you're going to buy another $60 version of Fallout to play it in VR, which is like... Yeah, I get it. You guys need to make money, but fuck you. <laughs> it's, it's like the entirety of the Bethesda staff fell asleep at Bethesda, and then the janitor just keeps releasing Skyrim every few years. Yeah. And and I realized it's someone else's Twitter joke. Thank you for that. I will credit you if I can find you. Yes. Well, in maybe notes. include that in the show notes if we can yeah. find it. Um, I think I sent it to you either way. Yeah, you did send it to me. But... Yeah, and then there's, uh, when we get to Sony Day, there's, again, yet another version of Skyrim that they didn't announce during their thing for uh, PlayStation VR. I guess, sure, why so, not? I don't, I don't so new care. Skyrim for Switch, and now Skyrim VR for PlayStation VR. Woo! But yeah, it didn't get announced in this, which was kind of weird, but, you know, whatever. Um, they probably had a, a, they probably had something with Sony where Sony yeah kept the rights to announce it at E3. Yeah, well, that's like uh, with Ubisoft, uh, which we'll talk about here later. Like they let Microsoft yeah. pop the cherry on uh, Assassin's Creed, which I thought was really interesting. And you know, props to Ubisoft. I mean, that, yeah. that's not something that you expect to do. Although Ubisoft did have that thirty minutes of gameplay at the end of their conference, so it's not. There's, it's more impactful with Ubisoft's presser. Yeah, I, I did not watch that at the end of that, but we'll we'll talk about that when we get to Ubisoft. But that's like kind of the thing is like there's this weird like agreements between some of these companies where they will swap back and forth on who gets to you know announce what, and sometimes they'll they'll let stuff go early or late because yeah, you know, there's a Ubisoft one. Yeah, fuck it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we'll we'll talk we'll about we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Um, so that after after their two VR titles, they they talked about at Bethesda Land, they uh, showed off the Morrowind expansion that just launched for Elder Scrolls Online. No other news for Elder Scrolls Online. Just hey, look at this cool expansion we launched, Man. like two days before the start of E3. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's got a lot of the same characters from Morrowind, which is kind of neat. Yeah. Like Vivek is in it and you can visit a lot of the same places and it's it's a huge nostalgia trip for the people who love Tomorrowwind back in the day. Absolutely. But it's something I'll get to eventually, maybe, if I like Elder Scrolls Online enough to pay another forty dollars for an expansion. So the next one I, I kind of it's called Bethesda's Creators Club, and it's literally just paid mods. They're trying to sneak paid mods in, making it sound like it's the best thing for new players, as your notes say. But I want to read something that somebody posted on Reddit about the Creation Club. And this person, I want to preface, he wants to preface this by saying, I'm a moderately successful Fallout and TES mod author, using a throwaway account for obvious reasons. The throwaway account is Pete Heinz, like the ketchup. I nice. thought that was kind of funny. When Creation Club first was first announced, I was on the fence about it. On the one hand, I know firsthand that for most of us, donations happen once in a blue moon. The only authors that are regularly rewarded are those that have a Patreon. But most of us don't mind. We do this because we want to, and we enjoy it. 
So a curated store where only the best quality content is available for reasonable fees doesn't sound like a bad idea, especially if existing content can't be retrofitted for it. So no mods disappearing overnight. But then I thought when The Elder Scrolls VI comes out, we'll be buying a full-priced game no doubt with season pass and expansions, and then a microtransaction store on top, and a single-player RPG, no less. Creation Club will have content made by both Bethesda and independent contractors. How long before the best items in the games are on the store instead of in the game at release? Things that they didn't have time to complete, or just poorly developed. A developer infamous for letting us fix their games will then be charging you fun bucks for the privilege of having a complete game. I think this sets a dangerous precedence for developers triple dipping, all in the name of rewarding content creators. Double whammy because people can then accuse you of being against supporting mod authors if you don't like paying the idea of paying three times for a complete experience. It's a perfect cover. It's a commercialization of what was, for most of us, a hobby with a tight-knit community. We all know each other and help each other out. How long before that stops in favor of maximizing profits? Free mods won't go away overnight, but... When they're not making Bethesda any money, what incentive is there to provide us with what little tools we get when you could sign up for all the club members to an NDA and only give them the tools? Maybe I'm just paranoid or fear-mongering, but this wouldn't have flown 10 years ago. Horse armor didn't go down well either. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm mixed on it because um, we don't know anything about it yet. Yeah. So and very much a knee-jerk reaction here. Yeah. And and that's what everything is right now. So a lot of the mod authors that like the guys that were either invited or went to the thing were all really excited about it because they're some of the people that do some of the like biggest best mods available yeah. on the Nexus store. And uh like you know, I'm I, again I'm all for supporting mod authors. I think it's great. The stuff that they do sometimes makes Bethesda games playable, which is kind of really funny to think about. Like there are some some of the changes that they make. Like so, great example is uh, Oblivion. Oh yeah. When when Oblivion came out, like it was. I mean, you could tell it was a console game that got a PC port instead of the other way around. And we discussed this at length on the uh, on the podcast at one point. Yeah, and one of the cool things that someone did was make fucking hotkeys. For yep. the PC. So you could just yeah. hotkey like you could in Morrowind and every other Bethesda game, like just cross the number keys, all of your equipment and swap back and forth between weapons. And it was like, oh, hey, this is useful now. Like <laughs> it made the game playable on PC again. Yeah. And so like, yeah, like I get supporting the mod authors. What I've heard, the rumors that I've heard are that there's not going to be profit sharing. So like that was the when they tried to bring paid mods in for you know a while back for uh Skyrim I think yeah um it was a it was through the Steam Workshop and the way that the the structure kind of worked out the the mod author would get like twenty percent of the sale and right. then the rest was split basically fifty fifty between Valve and Bethesda. Huh. And my understanding is, well, at least what people are talking about right now is it seems like this creators club is going to be straight up like, hey, we really like your mod. We want you to make 
a, like a full armor mod for the, for our game and we're going to give you $3000 for your armor mod. Hmm. And so they like literally will just pay sure. the modder for straight up for their work and then okay. Bethesda gets all of the money. I don't know how from much there. I like that because it could have the potential to be way more money than they would ever see from it or way less. Correct. But well, you can pretty much guarantee that it's going to be more money than they would normally see from it. <laughs> but the problem is like anything when you when you start talking about, you know, revenue sharing, yeah. When when does it like when, when it is become- it a better deal to take, you know, the the upfront money versus the annuity payments, you know, for the Dude, you don't have to preach this to me because I know I completely You're... fucked that up twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, I get you. I, you probably know exactly where it's coming from then with your with your audiobooks. So, but I, for those of you who don't know, I did a couple audiobooks. Uh, they've generated a total of twenty five sales between the two books. Not great when you're doing a profit sharing thing like I am. It's 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 not like I'm hurt for money. I, I do have a, a full time job that I, I get paid pretty well at, but it just it would have been nice to see some more dosh. Yeah, but that's how you get started. Yep, it absolutely is. So yeah, we'll have to wait and see what the how the creators club ends up working. I bet we don't get any financial details from it because, like the guy said, I'm pretty sure everyone they select to do it is going to have an NDA, so you will never know whether they're being you know whether they're just being paid up front or whether they're they're doing profit sharing or a combination of the two um because if bethesda was smart the way that they would do it to probably make the like a modder they would do it like a recording contract so it'd be like here we'll give you we'll give you two thousand dollars you know we'll pay you this mod should take x number of hours of work by our calculations so you know so we'll pay you we'll pay you two thousand dollars for this amount of work it's exactly and then finished our rate yeah and then you'll you will start like you you get like 30 percent royalties but you don't start getting royalties until we make back that two thousand dollars that would be interesting because that's how the recording industry works that's why like when someone gets a record advance like they pay the band like fifty thousand dollars and then when the album or whatever goes on sale, like the band doesn't make any money until their portion of the royalties exceeds off. that $50,000 they were loaned by the record company. That's fair. And if it doesn't, the record company is just out whatever money they didn't make yeah, back. Yeah. Like that's the, why it's, music it's, recording is so weird. Yeah, it's, it's a very delicate balance between giving them enough money to actually record the contract and then hoping to God you actually get money back. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's, it is a gamble, which is why it's so hard to get a, get signed to a record label. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, basically they're, they're going after the biggest and brightest and from what it sounds like, they might actually be getting people from other game studios to make mods. Like that's kind of what they hinted at in the thing. So I don't know. We'll have to see what comes out. Uh, there was something that you sent me that's kind of really funny. Uh, it is apparently just like a really incredibly poor joke on Bethesda's part okay. where uh, they, as part of their little montage for examples of what might be yes. in it, they they included a, uh, a Dwarmir uh, mud, mud crab. Yeah. yeah. And uh, 
Yeah, it's it's making fun of a was that game? What what magazine was that? I, I can't I don't remember the game. It was it was like Game Pro or Game Informer or something like that. Yeah. It was one of the two. And they had like a parody at the back of every episode and or every issue. And one of them was making fun of horse armor and it was uh mud crab armor, like dwarven mud crab armor. And so Bethesda made a nod to it during their press conference, but holy crap, did that piss a lot of people off because they're oh, just yes. like, Yep, we're gonna get fucking nickeled and dime for everything. And yep. Um, I mean, I give Bethesda props. They're trying to figure out a way to work microtransactions into their games, and this is definitely the way to get microtransactions into Elder Scrolls and Fallout. But Unfortunately. Hopefully it does actually benefit the mod people, but one of the other things I've heard is like, <laughs> how long before people start pirating these mods? Uh, well, the next exists for a reason. Yeah. But like, well, not even that. Like, what if they just throw it on a torrent? Yeah, There's, you I get don't... one person to one person to buy the mod and then give it to everyone else. It'll probably be there before the game is actually out because yeah, leaked copies of the game come out all the time, and all of the DLC or you know yeah. content created just pop out on our swashbuckling friends. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, after that. They showed off Elder Scrolls Legends, uh, their card game, still a card okay. game. Yep, it's it's there. Um, they they showed off like a new their first big expansion for it, I think, which is like a Skyrim expansion for it, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> the part that cracked me up is when they announced that it was now multi-platform, and the the four yes. platforms that they listed were at Bethesda.net, which is you know PC. On iPad, which is mobile, mobile device, Android, also, also mobile. mobile, and and Steam, which is the same as Bethesda.net. <laughs> like, which is fuck? still PC, yeah. I mean, you're basically, you're on, you could do it you're, from, on, you're on three platforms. You could do it from a web browser with Bethesda.net, or you can install your local client with Steam. I guess you can call that multi-platform. Well, yeah. is Bethesda.net, like, don't they have their own launcher now? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, because they because I remember them putting out uh, Fallout Shelter on their own launcher. Yeah. Huh. So. Uh, okay. Sure. Whatever. Fuck yeah. it. Um, go play. Go play it. I'm not gonna. Yep. Then they officially announced Skyrim for Switch. They did. I don't care about that. Yeah. I mean, you uh, can play it. It's it's Skyrim on the Switch. Like, what what more do you want us to say here? Really? Yeah. The next um, one is one that I'm really excited for, though. Yeah. So this was interesting. Because it's hard it was hard to tell whether it was DLC or a standalone game. It seems and like a standalone game completely. Apparently it is going to be a standalone game. Like, but it's called Dishonored Death of the Outsider. There's two things that I really like about this. One, we finally get to kill that prick. Two, black female protagonist. That's not something that's heard of very often in a game. Yeah. We've shown uh, in the Walking Dead games as one, but I don't even think you get to play her. I, I don't remember yeah. if you do or not. But she is one of the protagonists of the game. This one, you play as the black female protagonist. Super cool. Yeah. I'm okay with this. 100% awesome. Like, this is this is yep. not only that, but she's on the freaking cover. Like, yeah. that doesn't happen very often. It's, it's kind of neat. And uh, September 15th is when it's due out. Also, uh, John DiMaggio is in it because he's the voice of the guy that the uh, female protagonist is talking to. Yeah. Yeah, I heard you, John. 
don't think you listen to our podcast, but I'm calling you out anyway. <laughs> um, next up was Quake Champions. I Quake mean, Champions. It's it's interesting because it is like it's trying to come full circle because like one of the first big esports scenes was the original Quake game, um, being played at QuakeCon and a couple other big land parties around the country. Um, so this is a version of Quake that is being specifically designed for being used for esports, which is kind of Again, interesting because I have a love for esports because it's more interesting than real sports lately because real sports seems to be like a giant pile of crap for the most part. Um, you got to hate on Brian Kumble. I have no idea what you're talking about. There was a show that he did called Real Sports with Brian Kumble. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, there's your problem. Anyway, um, it's I'm also really enamored with esports. I think that's a great idea for people who aren't very athletically inclined yeah. to be able to actually do something constructive yeah. with their time and some of them are really athletically inclined which is kind of funny sure like sure yeah but but it's it's not being athletically inclined isn't a disqualifier for esports. yes yeah. not necessarily like they have to have like really good twitch reflexes for pretty much every game granted but you don't see these huge brawny guys like you don't see the mountain going out and being competing in this hey you don't know don't judge him I'm sure he could if he wanted to. I'm just saying that that's not the prototypical person who's going to be competing in esports. Yeah. Don't hate on Half Thor. I love the guy. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> he's just so, a super nice dude. Yeah, he is. He's fucking hilarious. He has a really great vodka commercial if you haven't seen it. I'll I try it. it. I might have to find that and put it in the show notes. It's pretty funny. If you do. Uh, so this, the ad for Quake Champions made me laugh a lot because I was like, how do I know the people in this are paid actors? Because the woman in the commercial literally puts the headphones on over her hair. Like her hair's hanging down, like perfectly framing her face. And the headphone ear cups go over her hair. And like, I don't know anyone who does that. I've never met a person who does that, except for people who are either cosplay models yeah. or actors. I, I've, I know. I, I, I use it to hold my hair out of my face. <laughs> like that's yeah. the whole point. It, um, it just, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But, it just, it just made me laugh. Like, yep. That woman does not actually play this game. She's just Absolutely. in there to make it look more diverse. <laughs> yep. But they did have uh, BJ Blazquix as a main, as a playable character, yeah, which I they, thought was kind of cool. They announced good old BJ as a playable yep. character, which is kind of fun. Um, and they also announced that uh, you can uh, sign up for the beta at Quake.com. So if you have interest in this game and want to check it out, go to Quake.com and sign up for the beta. What do you got to lose? Yeah. A couple hours of your time should be fun. I mean, it's it's going to be probably a fun, fast-paced first-person shooter. That's that's what it looked like—just crazy death matches. So, if, if that's Quake? if that's your thing, if you like fast, twitchy first-person shooter craziness, go for it. Um, then the next game was the the last two games were both new. Mm -hmm. I don't think had even been hinted at or announced. Uh, the first one looked really cool. It, it had this urban horror, urban fantasy style setting with some magic in it and like looked really, really beautiful. And then my co immediate comment was, God damn, it's a shame that this is going to be a terrible survival horror game. <laughs> because the first one was bad, honestly. I played the first one and it has this, they, they tried to make it a cinematic survival horror game. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with that. Please don't put it in letterbox format for one, because you have two black bars on the bottom. 
that there's nothing being used in those there's like there's no inventory or map or anything like that there's nothing there and also the camera bob you should give me the option to turn that off otherwise i'm going to be nauseated when i play your game and i couldn't even get past the first room because of that camera bob oh that's terrible it was bad it was yeah really bad and i played it on console too which usually when you're having that kind of thing it's on a pc because your face is closer to the pc no this was on console did not work very well i couldn't do it and they didn't get rid of that for the second one because I remember watching the trailer and some of the camera bot was on there. I don't even think they got rid of the cinematic thing either. With, yeah. You know, the letterbox like, view. I don't know. Like it, it, but it looks like an amazing game. Like it, I would like it, and that's my problem with like survival horror games in general is that like the setting is really cool, but I will inevitably just absolutely hate the game because the controls will be terrible. <laughs> um, these are tank controls similar to. The Resident Evil series, yes. I'm wondering if Resident Evil 7 changed it. It didn't. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. I it, I don't know. I just, I, I know that I had a hard time playing the first game and I don't want to play this one because of that. Yeah. That's just me. But it should be out on October 13th. Okay. If you want to pick it up and you're a survival horror fan. If you enjoyed the first one, we probably a, enjoy the second one. We have a couple in our audience, at least. Yeah. Okay, next one. Please let me do it. Please let me do it. I think Paul is actually excited for the Dude, last I'm game. I am so hype. Why? Because our next game has something to do with it. Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. I'm so excited because the trailer has BJ waking up in a coma from a coma. 1961. He's expecting twins. It's going to be great because the Nazis have completely taken over America and you get to hunts of Nazis and the alt-right is pissed about it. It makes me happy because Nazis in America and you're killing them. I just, I, I can't articulate how excited I am for this game. <laughs> I can't, like, I, I, I'm so hype. Way to bring politics into it. I, that just made me laugh. That's all. Because uh -huh. what do you, what do you, it's a game. Come on, dude. You have, you have a million other things to be pissed about aside from the game. Relax. It's a game. Yeah. My favorite part of the uh, trailer was, just this weird moment where I was like, why is the guy from Dead Space in this game? <laughs> was it the voice or is that? No, the armor. <laughs> like, okay. Just when, yeah. he has, when he has the weird yeah. like yeah. box on his head. <laughs> yep. Did you see the monkey cat in the beginning? Uh, no. It, it was a cat that, that literally had hands and feet like a monkey. No, I, I did not notice that. Oh, man. Look at the trailer again if you can. It, it literally is a monkey cat. And I'm just thinking like, Okay, there's a monkey cat that's changing the channel. What the fuck is going on? And and at the very very end, there's just this we really weird like stinger at the end of the trailer mm -hmm. where like I don't know, it I I don't know how to explain it. It just, but apparently Pete Hines walks up out at the end and was like, I told you this game was weird. It doesn't get portion. doesn't get weirder than like a pregnant woman killing a guy while her husband's like tripping balls on LSD. <laughs> yeah. It's like okay, sure. I, there is this one scene in there where he's like, "Well, there's nothing left to do except that the, there's a guy that BJ's talking to. There's nothing left to do except to drink. I, you never you can never trust a guy who can't handle his liquor." BJ just goes clonk, and it's just gone. <laughs> it was a generous shot too, like three fingers just of whatever he had, just like gone. It was whiskey. It was some sort of whiskey. I don't, I don't know what yeah. kind of. Some rot gut, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't think they said. He just said he can't handle his whiskey. 
you can't trust a man who can't handle his whiskey. My dad always said that or something like that. And I was just, yeah. and BJ just champed one shot. So <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, that's, that was Bethesda. It was pretty short and sweet. Um, I would say short. Yes. Sweet. Not so much. Uh, the only thing that interested me in, in Bethesda. And I think my favorite of the whole thing was, come on. It's obvious. Wolfenstein. Yeah. Yeah. They saved the best for last. Yeah, I mean, Wolfenstein definitely looked the most interesting out of these. It's, I guess, it, I guess it kind of has to default as being the most interesting thing. Yeah, I, I was looking through through your notes before I started writing my own, and I just saw, oh, Dan hasn't played Wolfenstein: The New Order yet. Obviously, nope, I have not. <laughs> I can't wait to hear your reactions to this. I'm so excited because yeah. I'm I'm actually going to end up. Um, if I don't have time in the next coming weeks, I will do so on my vacation. I will record a playthrough and post it on YouTube of my of my genuine enjoyment of this game. Yeah, my uh, my plan is to start playing it uh, once all the E3 shenanigans are over. So probably sometime this weekend. You'll have plenty of time. It's like a at most like a a twelve hour game. It's yep. it's a it's a short game with a really good story. Yep, yep. What was your favorite? That that. I, like I said, it probably has to be Wolfenstein oh, too because it was the only interesting because... thing. Uh, like I love the world of Dishonored. I just I never finished the first game because I was bored. That's fair. I, I enjoyed Which sucks because like I love the crazy quasi steampunk world. I enjoyed Dishonored one. I haven't played Dishonored two yet, but I think uh, Death of the Outsider will get me to pick up the third one. Yeah. Oh, well, it's not technically a third one like at least they're not it's, positioning it as one it's just yeah, a weird standalone it's the third game in the yeah. franchise but not the third numerically yeah it, it feels like almost that like it was supposed to be a dlc and then it got too big for its britches and then they just spun it off into its own little game i'm okay with that i mean more so. content coming out is almost always good yep until you get to Ubisoft, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, we'll be recording Devolver Digital next, so stay tuned.